All right, guys. So to settle our disputes, um, we're going to plural. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to play Goldeneye. And we're playing in the bunker. Uh, slappers only. Okay. Oh, you, <laughs> you sadist. You and Duff. Mo- you monster. Duff, this is for you. I don't want you looking at my screen anymore. Listeners, welcome to another episode of a free podcast. I'm your co-host Rob, joined as always by my uh, my slughead friends, uh, Joe and Duff. <laughs> what? <laughs> Doesn't Boris call people slugheads in this movie? Someone oh. uses the phrase "slugheads" a lot. <laughs> yeah, he's a man out of time. <laughs> um, and uh, we're continuing our uh, our um, bond by bond um, season here. We are on. Uh, our fifth episode, we are talking about... It's the Goldeneye. 90s, baby. It's the 90s. Oh, yeah. Trying... Very, it's aggressively 90s. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we are talking about Goldeneye. We get Pierce Brosnan, guys. So I'm excited. This is our, like, I think we've maybe mentioned this before. This is probably our, like, first Bond experience. As Oh, yeah. This, this, this is the, the first theater, Bond. for sure. Yeah, I know. I saw this is the first Bond I saw in a theater. Yeah. Uh, um. So, uh, once again, guys, I wrote up a plot overview of GoldenEye, in case in case we have listeners. This is like a movie I feel pretty confident most people have seen, but they might not remember it. I so, didn't. yeah. Here we go. Whew. All right, we start um, with Bond and Agent 006. Um, his name is Alec, infiltrating a Soviet weapons plant. Alec is captured and killed, or is he, by General Oromov. Bond escapes via falling faster than a plane and flying away. Uh, we go to nine years later. Well, actually, before that, we have the title sequence. And uh, Duff, I don't know if you're all right here, but we have, you know, a uh, near-nip title sequence. Again, we're back. Are you happy now? Are you upset? Because uh, last time we, you were upset about the title sequences because we went away from the, the ladies. Yeah, the last time it was lame. This um, one's yep. horny again. This, yep. This one is horny, but with the added twist of the very non-subtle uh, commentary about the fall of communism. That's <laughs> true. True. Just um, there's statues of Lenin falling all over the place <laughs> next to horny women. Oh, a gun comes out of a woman's mouth, which rules. Yeah, yeah. Um so uh, nine years later, uh, we see Bond. He seduces his psychiatrist. He then begins following another wonderful Bond woman named Xenia Anatop, um, who kills people by squeezing people to death with her thighs as she climaxes. Um, she eventually steals a helicopter. Then we're in Siberia where we meet Natalia and Boris, who are computer programmers who work on a satellite weapon called GoldenEye. General Oromov and Anatop arrive and kill nearly everyone. Then they aim the GoldenEye at the base, and it shoots an EMP that destroys the base, but Natalia does escape. Bond then goes to St. Petersburg to investigate where Natalia is captured. Bond meets up with the CIA contact, Jack Wade. Um, Bond and Anatop battle in a spot. Returning Joe Don Baker, delightful as always. (laughs) Yes, different character. theories. I don't know. Oh, okay, okay. I'm I'm open for that. Um, Bond and Anatop battle in a spa, and Anatop takes him to meet his target. 
it's 006, guys. Alec is alive and in charge of this whole thing. Sean Bean. Yep, by Sean, uh, played by Sean Bean. Uh, Natalia and Bond are captured. Bond escapes via tank and tracks down Alex's train and rescues Natalia and kills Oromov. They are then able to track Boris down, who is who is bad, by the way, now. He's, he's, um, he's a part of the, the evil people. He's in Cuba. Uh, in Cuba, Bond dispatches with Onatop, and we in uh, him and Natalia infiltrate a huge hidden satellite dish. Natalia reprograms a satellite before Alec can do his plan, which is to take money from the Bank of England and then shoot the Golden Eye at London, so they don't know he's the one who took it. I think um, Alec and Bond fight on top of the satellite. Uh, Boris is frozen by liquid nitrogen. Alec is killed. Bond wins. Him and Natalia kiss. The end. Can we refer to Boris as Soviet Rob? <laughs> <laughs> I'm invincible! I'm invincible! Yeah. I mean, yeah. He, it's... It, number one, it's a, it's a delightful Alan Cumming, who I'd forgotten was in this movie. Me too. He, and he kind of looks like Rob. <laughs> Whose real, I'm okay whose real name Boris. is kind of like a Bond character's name. <laughs> Alan Cumming? Yeah. 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 That's true. Um, yeah, I, he, he, uh, he's a fun character. But as Joe uh, uh, said, very much of his time. Very much a 1995 character. Yeah. Like, the hacker characters from the 90s are so interesting <laughs> to me. Because, yeah, they are. like, they're, they clearly, like... They make no effort to actually make it seem like they know how to use computers, like in the, which is actually a cool scene when he uses the pen. Yeah, one of the. I don't know if we're gonna talk gadgets later, but this is one of my favorite Bond gadgets ever, just because it's so like cinematically interesting. Yep. So it's what four clicks it's armed or three clicks it's armed. Three. Four clicks. It's, it's three, four clicks. Three. It's, no, I thought it was three on, three I just off. Don't, yeah, it's oh, yeah. the same number for both. I just didn't remember if it was three It's three on, and then three to disarm So if it. you click the pen three times, it arms it, and then four, four seconds later, that's that's what the four comes from. Four seconds okay. later, it'll blow up like a grenade. And then yeah. you could disarm it by clicking it another three times. Exactly. And th- this is one of the, the cool parts of the movie is uh, Bond knows that Boris has it, and, he, and Boris keeps like compulsively clicking it, and eventually the audience, you know, we lose track of how many times he's clicked it, but... Bond, he doesn't lose. I mean, he must be an awesome at a blackjack table counting cards. That's why he only plays Baccarat or whatever <laughs> the other game that we see. Because he, he is able to keep count of it, and then he knows when it's armed and, and Boris blows up. But anyways, during that scene, he's like clicking it and twirling in his hands, and he's hardcore hacking, typing with one hand. Yeah, oh, dude. yeah. And are we supposed to think... Either, Rob, that, either, that's how... That's how we do it when we're in hardcore mode, right? Just yeah. Oh yeah. I was One like, hand. is that is that mean we're seeing a hacker who's truly in the zone, or are we seeing filmmakers that aren't really thinking this through very well? Or do they, the obviously hand, they just don't care. I think know? the one-hand typing is for a different type of hardcore mode. There. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. There's nothing better than uh, than a movie written by an average age of seventy typing about like new technology because. I mean, you can really tell that it's like, oh, we gotta, we gotta update Bond. What's, where are the kids? Internet, kids like yeah. the internet. It was a big thing. Every evildoer in a '90s action movie had a hacker henchman. And and, yeah. and like the idea is not wrong, right? I mean, like, no, it's they, not. It's, it's not, not like not, it's silly that the internet would be a big deal. It's just it, 
you know, it's it changes just, so fast. Albert Broccoli did not use the internet until like three years ago. He's still alive. <laughs> but this, in 19, in 1995, yeah. he's like, ah, internet. Yes, let's do that. This was the role for a character actor in the 1990s. Um, you have like Jack Black in Enemy of the State is the hacker guy. Uh, Alan Cumming here as a hacker. I mean, there's a lot more, but those you are know two. The, you know, you're forgetting, oh, you're forgetting John Sally. As John Sally, yes, and then <laughs> in Bad Boys, uh, uh, it and Wayne ultimate, Knight in Jurassic Park. Yep. Uh, and alt and uh, I think that much like the the dot com bubble, it literally peaks uh, climax, as you might say, with Swordfish, <laughs> with uh, mm-hmm. Hugh, Hugh Jackman, Jackman. Yeah. whose whose initiation is. I believe Travolta has a woman go down on him, and he's like, "You need to crack this code or something like that." That's yeah. That is that is probably the like we're like okay, no more hackers. Uh, that that is like peak. I mean, that's I think that movie is like two thousand two thousand one. But for all intents and purposes, that is a nineties hacker movie. So yeah. so we go sneakers through swordfish are really the yeah. the uh, the hacker movies. Yeah, that was that was the era of men who'd never touched a computer writing about them. And and you had <laughs> you did have some of it in the eighties, but in the eighties the hackers seemed to usually be the hero. Like mm-hmm. uh, uh, what's the Ferris Bueller uh, the board games? Oh, war game. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. gonna say in the eighties I feel like computers were so foreign that they actually hired nerds who knew what they were talking about yeah and and yeah the good guys were like the, the the hackers or, or uh weird science i guess maybe yeah. i've never seen that movie but um i yeah. want every email i have that i received to come with a giant pop-up that says incoming email <laughs> can you imagine if it was your work account how much you'd be dreading it like oh no what could this be <laughs> if, yeah if, if i could be in in a like a cameo role in a blockbuster film i would just want i would want to play the hacker guy and i would just just let me say furiously uh type keystrokes and then mutter i'm in that's that's <laughs> all that that would just be a dream come true for me and mutter something about the mainframe or... <laughs> uh so so one thing i i think you know since we talked about timothy dalton last time uh there's six year gap, guys, between. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was wondering why this is. I saw you it's, had it on the agenda. And doesn't it feel like twenty years in what happened in movies? <sighs> yes. Yeah. So what's it does. the what? What's are the specific year gaps? Is it eighty nine to ninety five or? It's yes. eighty nine to ninety five. Yes. Ta- tail end of ninety five. So it's actually not that interesting oh. compared to like the you know the Dalton Bronson thing we talked about um, last ep- last week. But it's all just it essentially is development hell because of um, mergers and acquisitions. Essentially, oh, is what happened. I was gonna, like, I was gonna say, isn't this around the time when MGM was going bankrupt every absolutely. other week? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, MGM in nineteen. So United Artists is owned by MGM, and it was going to be sold to Quintex in nineteen ninety. <laughs> that fell apart, and then Path Entertainment. Um, bought it, and they were going to sell the distribution rights, which then Broccoli was like, he had his own development company who was like, well, I don't want that. There's lawsuits. Then MGM Path ends up going bankrupt and forecloses in 92. Finally, MGM ends up being run by Credit Lioness subsidiary. Anyways, here's the important thing you need to know. Dalton signed a three-movie, I think, seven-year contract. It expired in 1990. 93. Expires in 1993. And at that point, it was sort of like, well, <laughs> I'm not gonna do, I'm not gonna do it. 
at this point. He's not going to wait um, around forever for it. Yeah, so then um, that's how, you know, Pierce Bronson, who almost had it originally in the 80s, ends up getting the role. Allegedly, guys, uh, Mel Gibson once again, uh, Hugh Grant and Liam Neeson passed on the role. Huh. Interesting with Liam, because he does end up being like kind of an action movie guy, but yeah. I don't. Um, I could see him. Um, that Mel- one makes the most sense of those three. So, um, so yeah, Goldeneye is the first Pierce Brosnan one. Of and he ends up making four movies. This is, I mean, I th- feels like it's fair to say this is the most popular and well known of the the Pierce Brosnan ones. The only two of the only I remember this, and I remember Die Another Day the best. Die Another Day is terrible. <laughs> okay, I know, I've I know I've seen Tomorrow Never Dies, but remember absolutely nothing about it. And all I know about uh, the world is not enough is the bits involving Denise Richards. And this gets like this one a little bit, but I think it gets worse later on is when like the brand thing gets real bad. And we're just like, you know, it's product placement, like crazy well, in these movies. and it's interesting. You mentioned the reason for the delays because mergers and acquisitions is, a, is another very nineties, uh, yeah. <laughs> thing. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, so I don't know. I mean, should we jump right in? Like, is there anything you guys want to mention with the movie or should we wait? as we're talking about the uh, Pierce's Bond rating and to kind of uh, dig into that. Uh, a couple things. Um, okay. Do we, want, do we want to talk about Xenia? Yeah, we can talk about Xenia now. Yeah, Xenia Anatop, who, let me tell you guys, uh, 12-year-old Rob was a big fan. <laughs> I mean, yeah. she's the... Uh, this is a real, like, I'd say, like, Reagan through Clinton kind of 90s character where the most dangerous thing a woman could be is horny. Yeah, <laughs> and it's in so many movies, and and that's basically her scary thing is like, it, she can crush dudes with her legs, and she <laughs> orgasms when she hurts people, <laughs> and that that really is like the it's. I mean, I wouldn't even call it subtext. It's just like horny women are dangerous. It, 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 yeah, it, it's subtext barely. <laughs> it's and it's really sad too because. To a point, that character is really fun and over the top, and then it just gets stupid <laughs> with the what Joe just said. Um, I, I actually wanted to read uh, friend of the show, White Wine Tom, uh, uh-huh. had a very brief review of Goldeneye okay. uh, on Letterboxd, and he said, creating a Russian character with literal killer thighs who orgasms every time she murders someone was certainly a choice. And also not at all out of sync with the rest of the pre-Craig franchise. Yeah, I mean it, it isn't that far off. It is. It is. It does feel like, uh, you know, thinking like Goldeneye, like thinking of like Gold, like that character would would for the most part fit in into. Uh, so if you if you asked me which is goofier, a dude with metal jaws who can't talk, or <laughs> or or. A woman who literally comes from killing people with her thighs, I would have to think about it. <laughs> like I I'm not even sure I know the answer. I, yeah. Um I like I like I'm I'm a fan. This is the silliness that silliness in this works for me. It uh, it, it crosses over into dumb. Like the <laughs> it, it's too much. I'll yeah. say the only thing I don't like is that she like seems to get off when she's like firing guns as well. I want it to only be when she gets to do Rob's the a purist. Kills. 
Yeah, only <laughs> do it on the side kills. You don't get to do it every time you fire only a gun. In, in, in a, only when she's doing some kind of sex simulation should be, she be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> come on, you know. Gun, guns guns aren't like sexual enough for you. Like no. the phallic energy of that, insufficient. <laughs> she needs to have her legs wrapped around somebody. Yep. Okay. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then we have, I mean, just if we, if we want to sort of, like, dig into, like, our uh, our, uh, Rogues our Bond here. girls and, and supporting characters, we've got, uh, the Bond girl we've got is um, Isabel Skorpko, I'm yeah. sure I'm saying that wrong, as Natalia Simonova, who is, oh, fine, she's fine. I just, she, she actually is probably the, one of the most, con- like, she helps out a lot, like, She's not a helpless character like she, some she, Bond she's girls the one who are. Yeah, for, programs the Golden Eye. For for a Bond movie and even for a '90s movie, she's very helpful. And mm-hmm. uh, and the other thing is, uh, even if her character at times does dumb stuff, I think that uh, whoever plays her and Pierce Brosnan are really good together. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I yeah, I think she would be like certainly about average of the bond girls we've had so far i'd say uh, she's maybe the best she's uh, maybe the best one who's yeah, better I've, i like diana rigg in uh on her majesty's secret diana Service. diana rigg is good yeah. but but that's yeah, fair i mean i would i agree with joe i would put uh natalia in the top tier because i mean most, i think they had some real bad actresses for a long time yeah Espe- that's espe- true. especially during the roger moore era and and we rip on Bond for how like um, misogynist it is and mm-hmm. aggressive, but at least in this case we have characters disrespecting her for being a woman, you know Boris and stuff, and she comes out on top and beats him. Yeah, yeah. on a top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no. Again, she is... I don't want to like give Goldeneye too much credit, but I mean, I guess no. We're after, we're after we're grading on a curve in the here. filth that we've had to for the last few weeks. Yeah. Yep. That was a little refreshing. We're, we're obviously true. grading on a curve, but uh, on that scale, uh, sh- this is a, a welcome change. Are you, do you wish she had a fun name? <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't like, I, I, uh, okay, that, so I, I've really had trouble with this as we've been watching this is like, how silly do I want these movies to be? It's a tough line. And like, if you're going to have Xenia on a top, <laughs> then you might as well have more funny names. It's weird to only have one. And yeah. I also thought 006's name, like I get that it needs to be Russian, you know, to make his storyline make sense. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, one guy, 007 is Bond, James Bond. And mm-hmm. 006 has to be Trevelyan, Trev- or Alec, Alec, Alec Trevelyan. Or whatever oh, you know. Like, yeah. e- either way, it doesn't work. Gotcha. Not, felt kind of bad for him. I think the most inspired casting on all of this is Judy Dench as M. I'm a big fan of that, and I'm glad it continues throughout from yeah, this movie it on. Goes she also twi- doesn't take any mess from the boys. Absolutely not. She has the best lines when she just absolutely tears down. Yeah, that James was Bond. that was refreshing because in the prior movies, M just seems dumb or mm-hmm. or not care. Like yeah. M is. M is riding out the clock to his pension. <laughs> it, this is another one we're watching it today. It's it felt like I was watching a like a halftime show for a sparring event because it's like oh now we're gonna go with analytics versus scouting again and that yeah. that old debate I don't need to hear this. <laughs> yeah, 
But I mean, what did she say? She calls him a sexist, misogynist dinosaur and yeah. a relic of the Cold War. Eh, you know, it's. I, where, I think that. Where's works. the lie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she, and, and, it's, and she got so Skyfall's 2012. So she was in that franchise for a long time, and I don't think I realized that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I think I had forgotten. Um, but yeah, I think that is. Um, a smart move that they made to sort of like make M a a strong character and be like, have it be a woman that can kind of put bond in his place. So there's a lot of stuff here that it, it's very to their credit. They realized that even from 1989, um, a lot has changed in the world. And that's one of the things that they incorporate. Um, <laughs> There's also a unintentionally hilarious dismissal of sexual harassment, which is probably oh. the f- the first time that's brought up in a Bond lady in a, in mm-hmm. a Bond lady in a Bond movie. Mm-hmm. And there's a reference to uh, safe sex. There is, there is a reference to safe sex. That's true. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, and the other thing that's interesting is the people say that the Timothy Dalton Bond is really dark. Do you notice a huge difference in the Pierce Brosnan Bond and the Timothy Dalton Bond and the two movies we watched from, like, whatever dark means? Not really. <sighs> no. Me neither. But it's a I little think, lighter, I guess. But I feel like if you weren't living through it, it was hard to tell because looking in retrospect, it's like, yeah, these are pretty similar. <laughs> yeah. And I guess, like, once again, it's, you know, Dalton to Pierce Brosnan is a, is a different thing than Roger Moore to <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Timothy Dalton. Um, and then we also have, I mean, I know, um, I know we talked about Sean Bean as Alec. I don't think it's Sean Bean's fault. I think he's, he does fine. It's just like, Alec is just, ah, that's just not a villain that really gets me going. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have a cool lair. Well, I actually, well, he does. He has a, the, that train is awesome, dude. What the train is awesome. And yeah. so and now that I think about it, the satellite that comes out of the water, so it's hidden. The, is cool. Yeah, come on. <laughs> So it's the motivation cool. he has is cool in that it's historical and he has this like, like all villains, he has this like weird misanthropic vendetta against uh, Western hemisphere. But then it takes a turn. It's like, I, I'm just going to rob and then knock the power out. I'm like, oh, that that's it. <laughs> well, OK, so explain to me. T- t- like I'm five, the whole Cossacks um, so, thing with, with him. Cause he- I, I don't know if I can. I, this is something I didn't really know. I didn't know about it. But so apparently Alec is actually the child of uh, Russian Cossacks who, uh, in the eyes of Russia, were traitors because they sided with the Nazis during World War II. Okay. I think they also sided with the, the Tsarists during the Russian Revolution. Ooh, double traitors. Well, I mean, that, I, I don't know. Although, if I, I, I guess one is the legitimate government, but but whatever. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, we, <laughs> well, the point is that they're on the, they took two L's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been very close um, succession. So he finds out later in life that, uh, well, all the MI agents in these movies have to be orphans because you have to be, like, emotionally damaged <laughs> and not have any living relatives. Because that's, I guess, the only reason you'll become a spy, mm-hmm. um, which says a lot about that profession in general. I mean, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like Star Wars when they just take kids to be Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Alec then 
he grows up and finds out that his dad killed his mom and then himself because he couldn't live with the shame of helping the Nazis. And then Alec becomes big mad at the West when he finds this out. And that's why he wants the golden eye. But again, like it just ultimately comes down to like, and then I'm going to rob him and knock the power out. And, and he already has enough money to build a satellite dish underwater. Yeah. Like, what more he, do you need, buddy, he, Alec? He, I think you're doing okay. Yeah, it's it's weird that at the end they just, I mean, part of it is that he's going to bring Britain back to the Stone Age or whatever he says, but it's weird he's like, then I'm going to rob the Bank of England and then I'll knock all the power out and everything out so they can't tell. It's like, just, you know, have him be, and I swear at one point, like, they even kind of aped the dialogue from Die Hard where he says you're just a common thief. Yeah. And you know pick one have him just be a hans gruber type who just wants money or do the kind of maniacal i want to destroy civilization supervillain. yeah maybe that's what doesn't quite work for me on him is that it is sort of unclear um you know and i actually don't like hiding the villain for a while in a in a bond movie i think we want to know the villain early on yeah that's fair you know um, I also like my villains to be over the top, and that's not really Sean Bean. Yeah, he's a very he's a very stoic actor. Uh, and then I know Joe, you mentioned this. I know Duff, you're a big fan, but we got Joe Don Baker uh, for the second straight week. But this time he's a CIA officer named Jack Wade. Which is a great <laughs> name. Very yeah, very generic name. There's a lot of th- reasons to be suspicious of this character and and their whole background story. I I don't believe that Joe Don Baker is a new character. I think it's the okay. same character as Living Daylights. So let's think mm. back to that. He's an arms dealer, right? Mm-hmm. An American arms dealer gets in a little bit too deep and then <laughs> quote unquote dies, right? <laughs> then mm-hmm. less than ten years, what ten years later? Yeah, ten years later. I don't know. I guess in Bond, a little less. Eight years later, he is now a a CIA operative. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, like the CIA wouldn't. uh, uh, He they turned an arms dealer, or he was CIA all along. Wow, faked his death, and then now he's just sort of like open, openly CIA. So basically, Bond blew his cover initially, or maybe he just got in too deep. Either way, the CIA faked his death and extracted him. By having probably, a statue fall on him. Probably with the cooperation of MI6. I'm sure that the British intelligence helped that. Yeah. I, I, oh, the statue fell on him. Yeah, that's how they <laughs> die. Okay. Yeah, 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 for sure. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I believe, I, like, first of all, it's crazy and takes a lot of balls to cast this a same actor two movies later. Mm-hmm. And I know it had been almost a decade, but still. Yeah. It's the same franchise two movies later absolutely the same guy uh and and everything about it in terms of our knowledge of what the cia does all the time the fact that his name is jack wade Mm. he doesn't really do much for bond outside of being like here's where you can meet a guy he got Uh, on the plane yeah he got him a plane he He got got him into cuba yeah he got him helped him get into cuba that can't be easy but he ruined it at the end for him when he was with Natalia and all the little dudes were in there. Yeah. Uh, that was, ghillie that was suits. really funny. Oh, Hey, uh, where's the fight? I brought all these. Mar- oh, it's done already. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, we'll clean up. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I actually like one of the things I like about this movie, which I think is the first movie 
Bond movie we've seen that doesn't have this. One of the things I don't like in Bond movies, and we've talked about this, I think, maybe on the Patreon episode on Moonraker, I don't want a bunch of people showing up at the end and battling with Bond and the bad guys. I want Bond. Yes. I don't yes. want other people. There are things that work and things that don't work in this movie, but I did like that, that in the end, we get a good mano a mano fight. Mm-hmm. Yep, I don't need to see a bunch of nameless people firing their guns at I, each other. I don't and need that's to see where it. Sean Bean is great because he has that physical presence in action movies and and in adventure movies. Which he's in so many of them, so many great big ones in the '90s to the 2000s. You know, and yeah. He uh, he's great at playing a slime ball like Ronan, mm-hmm. and he could play a hero, uh, kind you know like Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones, and uh, like in his physical presence and his whole look works really really well i mean to share a scene with pierce brosnan can't be easy because yeah. pierce brosnan's so handsome and he's so like has such a presence mm-hmm. that that is one thing where sean bean's casting works really well because he can go toe-to-toe with him yeah. And, and yeah and i don't want anyone to think that we're anti sean bean he's no he's, it's just I, no one's better at dying in movies than sean bean. <laughs> I, that's true sean bean is best as a character or supporting actor and to i mean it's a hard thing in general to have to carry the the bond villain role it's it's just it's not a the best casting choice he is does benefit because the previous villain uh is just a weird (laughs) skinny faced loser who's just sucking back vodka the whole time he's so scared of bond i can't even remember the character's name yeah he was very nondescript yeah you mean from Living Daylights? Yeah. No, the oh. Russian, the general guy that. Oh, oh yeah. Ormov. I thought you meant Living yeah, Daylights. Oh, no, oh, okay, Ormov. Ormov. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 a fun movie um, overall, and there are like memorable characters. I mean, as much as we you know dunk on Xenia, uh, on a top and Boris, like they're fun, they're memorable. You they're, remember those characters? I think it's just that they're so '90s <laughs> that they're hilarious to me, so I enjoy them. Yeah. Um, should we jump into the bond rating? Let's do it. Okay. All right. The spreadsheet's Joe, open. Let's you... do it. Yeah, why don't you get this started? So our first rating is B for bloodshed. So how does Pierce do in the delivery of violence? Well, I'm. can I start on this? Go ahead. I did what I do. I found a spreadsheet, guys. <laughs> and it went through all the movies. I wish I would have found this when we started. It goes through all the movies and how many kills Bond has in each one. Okay. Now, this is. You this know. feels like cheating to me. Well, I. <laughs> Let me get. Joe, there. this is what you said before. This is this is some <laughs> stats nerd telling an old time scouting coach how to. Pick oh, look players. at the, Dame Judy Dench would love you doing analytics over here. Yeah, she would. Uh, look at, look at old Flatfoot behind the desk <laughs> over there. Flatfoot. We have Goldfinger. Bond has nine kills in Goldfinger. On Her Majesty's Secret Service, only five for Bond. Um, but I just think all five are pretty memorable. Uh, the Spy Who Loved Me, 31 because of the, the shootout we fell that's, asleep that's in. That's because Gramps need glasses and he just shoots <laughs> everywhere. And we all fell Yeah, how um, many of them were civilians? <laughs> yeah. And uh, are, we ca- day- are we counting all the people who died of radiation when those two bombs go off? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the fish he killed, the coral reef. Um, the Living Daylights has 13. Goldeneye, according to the this, this, this stats here, 
47 kills by Bond. Yeah, my issue with this is like movies just in general get more violent over the course of the series. So I I don't know that this is really like what we're going for with the bloodshed rating. I, I think well, it's... I- I think numbers, I guess. You know what? You just find it however you want. I'm just pushing back. It's not about numbers for me. It's about effectiveness mm-hmm. and creativity. The the, mm-hmm. the It's more of the art of delivering violence, I guess. So um, I think there needs to be a nice mix of quantitative versus qualitative. I agree. Right. Uh, I, I'm going to give him a four because um, he does jump in a tank and fire on a bunch of people. That rocks. And, um, I will give him creativity for the um, on a top kill by hooking a helicopter that's near her to her. <laughs> so she gets pulled back into a tree. So I'm going to give him a four. All right. Duff. Uh, I was going to go four, but I'm going to give him a five on the strength of the tank scene because that scene, that whole sequence absolutely owns M- maybe the best bond action sequence period like that it is just tons of fun it filmed well you're a tank boy though right (laughs) i mean i mean you like tanks i like tanks (laughs) i i like i so i like when something is just i you know i was talking earlier like xenia is too over the top for me but this is just done well enough that it's over the top it's like i I don't know if tanks handle like that, but whatever. This rules. I don't he care. He destroys St. Petersburg. So <laughs> he he does a lot of like Tokyo drifting in that tank. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he also makes a tunnel with it. Yeah. And he and he uh, stops a train with it. Yep. Nothing um, can stop a train is so, what I was told. So I'm, up too. I'm going five. The first of all, like uh, Timothy Dalton did. But even with Connery, like, I don't think Connery and especially Roger Moore look convincing with a machine gun in their hands. Mm. And and uh, yeah, Tim- Timothy Dalton, uh, sorry, uh, Pierce Brosnan, he uh, he handles that AK well. He, he looks he looks like he knows how to use it. Yeah. OK. What do you got, Joe? I, I put him gave him a four as well. Uh, I, I don't have any issue with giving him a five. This was one of those where I just had trouble between four and five, and I think all of Duff's arguments about the tank thing are apt. But other than that, I don't remember anything super memorable. Yeah. Uh, I remember him basically getting his ass kicked just like Luke Skywalker in The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> uh, I mean, didn't you guys, did that remind you of The Empire Strikes Back when he gets in the in the dish, when he yeah, gets knocked down it, on that thing? It really did. It did. I, I, I made the same... Uh, my wife watched this with me, and I made the same comment. Yeah, so um, he, he gets his ass beat by Sean Sean uh, Sean Bean for the most yep. part in that, and that's I admire his cleverness, but he just not not you got to be pretty much perfect to be a five. So yeah, I guess it, he's he's missing he's missing for me that like that that timeless kill that we'll remember, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, so. Okay, well, good scores for him though on this. Oh yeah, I think I think we're all in agreement that he's in the top tier. Yeah. How about allure? Just overall appeal. Man, I I gotta go five again on this. Uh, And in you know we only we did watch a Timothy Dalton, but I might just still have Roger Moore stuck in my brain, so maybe that's hurting. (laughs) It's setting the bar low, but 
you know, Rob, you're the one who says that Bond should be cool. Mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan, he's pretty effing cool in this movie. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and you know, he's he's a sexy guy. He's handsome. Uh, and he does a really good job too with we're not into it yet but uh, I feel like the the one-liners are part of Allure as well and even if they're not great jokes he sells them and that that adds to it okay all right um what about you Joe I went with a five as well and I'm I'm feeling it largely on him just no few men period have just embraced chest hair like Pierce Brosnan does in this film. And, I mean, it's a bond. It is a bond tradition, though. I will. Yeah, say. it is. But I think like he might be. It might be the peak here. Like I, I really think he worked with the cinematographer to to really show off that chest hair in a way that Sean Sean Connery. It's it's like it's there. Sean Connery's yeah. the next closest, but he's not like setting. They're not setting up the shots to. To, to emphasize it, Pierce you know Brosnan what knows is? what he's got. Brosnan was in makeup. He's like, "Listen, you got any Vaseline? I want it to sparkle." Mm-hmm. Here's the difference: Sean Connery is a hairy dude. You see the hair on his arms, so the hair on the chest makes sense. Pierce Brosnan, you kind of, you kind of, you're just like, "Oh boy!" That's when uh, that that's... taco meat comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, that's he, uh, he's that's like, a I'm surprise. a man, and this is what I've got. I'm yeah. not shaving it. Um. All right. Here's the thing. And he's get just this... incredibly good looking as well. Yeah, I mean... let me let me let me get this out of the way. <laughs> For my personal preferences, this is without a doubt the this is the the this is a hunk. This is the hunkiest Bond. Yeah. Pierce Brosnan is just a great looking man. <laughs> he's a hunk. Just a hunk. Man. We know we and know under, hunks. We know hunks. an underrated hunk. We, we Joe, you know this. We've had. Many hunk conversations at bars with friends. Pierce Brosnan doesn't come up, and he should, and it's a crime. I well, I have brought him up sometimes, so maybe not. Hadn't you? I've had that argument with you, but I really, this isn't the peak for him, though. The peak is when he gets out of that pool and misses out fire. Yes, and it, and then she throws fruit at him. Do, at the drive by fruiting. Do you know what I think? Some of it is is it's a, a squeaky wheel gets the grease situation in that. Uh, he's a classy hunk. He, mm-hmm. he does. He doesn't make headlines like all those trashy hunks out there. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So I'm but, assuming you're going five, Rob. Or well, here's or, let's keep or me you, from it a little bit. Oh, he doesn't bet very many women. Does he bet he, anyone? He, well, I mean, he doesn't really. Well, I, I guess the psychiatrist at the beginning, maybe, but he literally drives like. He does that in between going from one woman he to gives, another. He gives her Stockholm syndrome. Yeah. <laughs> And so, like, that's what's kind of keeping it from me is in the movie, in the world of the movie, how alluring is he? And the only person that's, like, really blown away by him looks-wise is the psychiatrist at the beginning. Even Natalia, it's kind of yeah. like a slow build on it. I mean, Anatop seems pretty excited to well, kill him. Like, listen, more excited to dispatch on- him than others. Anatop can't climax unless she kills, so I don't know if that counts. Yeah, also, she just seemed more excited, but yeah. also I don't know if they said that, but that's canon, by the way. She cannot climax unless she kills. Also, to be fair, she does like the first guy we see her with is some like love child between Robert Shaw and Richard Dreyfus, and that works for her. <laughs> yeah, the the <laughs> the weird Louis C.K. stunt double guy. So because of all this, because of all this, I have to give him a four. My personal ranking five, but I got to give him a four for what I see. All right, 
that's fair i have i have an aside and maybe we'll cut this uh but uh when do you think xenia found out uh <laughs> that killing was uh <laughs> was a big release uh, like, huh. Do you think she took like horse ba- horse riding lessons? Accidentally killed the horse, but so, something oh my, changed in her. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, she got a, the first time she went horseback riding, they gave her a horse that was too small. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a reverse Mister Hands is what it's, goes on there. But you know, it's it's a real chicken and egg situation. Uh, did you know? Did she murder or orgasm first in life? I think it's that, I think it's when she killed that horse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all in on the horse killing. Do you, of do you course think, you like, are. She would like ruin a body pillow like every three days when she <laughs> rented her teen years, and she just <laughs> she just wakes up and it's just in tatters, just feathers flying everywhere. Senior, we can't keep buying these body pillows for you. What is happening? The cat did it. <laughs> Why did you soundproof your room? <laughs> Oh, great question, Duff. Xenia is a great example of uh, if a 12-year-old boy wrote something and it made it into a $100 million movie. <laughs> Which is a lot of this era of movies, yeah. I would say. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, How about Huber? Joel, why don't you start on this one? Yeah, this is one where the writers really let him down uh, because it's it's through no lack of effort from Pierce. But the one-liners in this movie, with one or two exceptions, are aggressively not funny. It's a shame. Yeah. Um, I. I got I got to give him a three. He's he does the best he can with what he's given, but he also doesn't elevate. He doesn't elevate the material either. Like if if he was a truly top-tier Bond, like he would he would have found a way to make this stuff funny. Instead, humor-wise, he's just replacement level. You know, I I'm with you. The material's bad. I and actually the material's I think I'd give him a 2, but there's a thing that Pierce adds to it that I think makes him funny. And it happens on the tank scene, adjusting his tie. The move to adjust the tie after he just drove a tank through St. Petersburg, yeah. destroying yeah, that's good. innumerable number of city blocks. <laughs> and adding that little tide fix as he jumps off brings him to a three. But, like, does he have a memorable line in this movie? I don't no. think so. No one quotes Goldeneye. Mm, yeah, what was what was the line when she well, except on a top? It, okay, like, she no took, one quotes Goldeneye and from a Bond quote. The only, I think people quote, I am invincible. Yes, that would probably be that would probably be the um one. Uh, the what he says when he um kills on a top something about is, a squeeze like she she it, always it, loved a good squeeze it does yeah, something sounds terrible it, uh yeah. yeah she always did enjoy a good squeeze oh awful why didn't they have her like like slam into the um, tree with her legs spread and then he could have said she had to split they should Ooh. have had Come a on. I mean like I thought of that immediately after watching it they should should have had a Clydesdale trample her. <laughs> <laughs> the Revenge of the Horses. Uh, I, w- I went three as well. Kind of the same reasons. Uh, I, I want to grade him higher, but, you know, we're grading on what we see. And mm-hmm. a lot of these jokes don't mm-hmm. land despite his best efforts. Yeah. How about Nerve? 
just staying cool under pressure. This is the toughest one every time. I feel like nerve is the hardest one for me to like kind of figure out um, score wise what to give someone. Um, So I'm going to tell you my number, but I, I, I'm, I may change it depending on what you guys say on this, but um, he gets a little, you know, on one hand, he is counting those pen, those pen marks and stuff as he's clicking that pen, but he's, he looks stressed out while he's doing it. Um, he, I, man, I don't know. I feel like ultimately I want to give him a th- two is what I'm thinking. Cause I just, there's nothing nerve wise except at the beginning, I guess with the prologue when he jumps and catches up with the, the airplane, which by the way, I, this is the only time I remember my father ever Tyson Tuesdaying me. Um, I remember watching this movie with him. And he him could never just, catch up to that plane. Yeah, he's like, he could never fall that fast to catch up to that plane. And I was like, Dad, we're like six minutes into this movie. This <laughs> guy leaping off of a cliff to catch up to a plane and jump in and fly it isn't realistic. Do you know what, but, I, think, do you know what I think that is, though? Your dad's a military guy. And mm-hmm. no one no, loves the he's Tyson a dad. Tuesday. He's a dad. No one loves... <laughs> No one loves to Tyson Tuesday like military guys. And my dad was a, a Western guy, not a spy guy. Mm. So I think that's it too. But, so if so, he had been if he had been riding a horse, your dad be like all in on it. <laughs> Absolutely, I think so. So I'm gonna go with a two, but I I, I want to hear what you guys say. Uh, well, I'm gonna mark it just, because, but I'm, I'm marking it in pencil. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> I'm going. Uh, I this one I I agree was the toughest one for him because on the one hand, some of the stuff he pulls off, I I think is up there with anything, any other bond has done like jumping off of a cliff with no parachute to get into a plane and fly it away. You only great. get one shot. You only get one <laughs> shot on that yeah. one Two. <laughs> the other thing that I thought was amazing is when he calmly walked behind a cart of exploding gas canisters to very gently and slowly escape <laughs> from the opening right before this plane moment. Yeah, everything in that uh, the opening sequence is f- level five stuff. Um, hopping in the tank, like he he's quick thinking, but a lot of this this goes into more spycraft. I, I had trouble between a three or a four, but I, I'm gonna go four here. I, I don't really. There's a fine line between being scared and nervous and just being intense. I read the the pen part more as. Maybe a little stress, but more just intensity. Okay. But he's not. This isn't. This isn't elite Bond level nerve, but it's also I think above average. So that's why I went four. Okay. So I think I'll go four as well. Uh, I I don't disagree with anything that's been said, but uh, I th- I think that uh, deciding just to drive a tank through the streets of Saint Petersburg <laughs> is. Uh, that's that's a pro move. So that that bumps him to a four. He also just jumps from a ladder to a helicopter and grabs onto it to escape from the um, the giant array, the the giant radar yeah. thing. And it's almost like just an like an extra like offhand thing. Like oh, I guess I better jump onto this helicopter's landing gear now to to get out of here. Like a lot of stuff that in another movie would be a big moment for him. It's just like huh. Eh. It's, guess I'll yeah, just do this now. And when he, yeah, like kicking the floor out, and then that ladder just goes down a thousand feet or whatever. Yeah, he also stays very cool in the train when he is waiting for her to get 
finish her VPN hack or whatever she's doing. <laughs> yeah. He, he, yeah gets these are, his, he gets his moments. I, 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 you guys have convinced me. I'm moving up to a three. All right. All right. Because the, you're right. Some of the, the stuff he does in the satellite, you know, like stopping it from rotating, all those sort of things. That's some, you know, quick thinking that Bond is doing. And the fact that I said earlier, I think you should get some credit for not calling in the cavalry, which is what often happens for Bonds. Yeah, that's true. He got that pe- offer off, offer for from Jodan Baker. To, he said, if you get in trouble, call in the Marines. Yeah. yeah. I would have. Like, why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would have been like, I wouldn't have even walked away. I'd be like, yeah, I need them now. <laughs> I, I right. need some backup. <laughs> so we have deception at the end, right? Yeah, That's our final general one. Spycraft is what we're counting this, and we've had quite a disparity from bond to bond here. Uh, mm-hmm. Duff, so this, why don't you start with this one? Yeah, so this one is tough for me because, on the one hand, I appreciate that there is some actual spycraft going on, which we don't always get. Um, that said, he gets captured a lot in this movie. <laughs> he sure does. So I'm gonna I'm gonna split the difference and go. You know, I'll get a, a three, which is the gentleman's two point five. Yeah, he uh, he also just does not see it coming that 006 is still alive. Like mm-hmm. he he basically gets owned in the opening scene. Yeah. Uh, he also like he also does not defend himself well. Uh, when he gets attacked in the the spa or the shower or whatever. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Fun fact about that scene, by the way, I read. uh, I'll try to get these fun facts that really make sense. Um, During that sequence, um, they want the the walls are padded. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, the actress Famke Jansen, who we mentioned Alan Cumming later on, would reunite with her in the X-Men movies. Oh, yeah. Um, That they want it to be intense. And so... um, she insisted that he ram her into walls for real, and she broke his. She broke. He broke her rib doing it. Oh, oh. cool. So I mean, you know, I, I don't think there's any like <laughs> bad will about it. It's just you know they're stuff, like oh stuff the- happens. It happens. Yeah. So I think he he also a lot of the best uh, spycraft stuff is executed by his his partner. She does a lot of the hacking stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. he doesn't show really any competency with the computer. He's he's the muscle in that relationship, which is fine. But yeah, yeah he's not the best spy in, but he's all right. Yeah, I give I will him a three as well. I will say uh, what I did enjoy is Duff. I don't know if you remember last week had some. I mean, I, I think pretty uh, uh, uncalled for um, shots on Q, <laughs> and when Q shows up. I was del- I saw you know he was in a wheelchair to start out with in this movie in CQ <laughs> and I was like oh no Duff is just just yeah just so happy that he was right about this but no it's a wheelchair that fires rockets and then Q just jumps right off off of it so take that Duff what'd you guys think of the gadgets in this movie I uh, well I guess you maybe you can work that into your rating Rob yeah so the, um what I'm gonna give Bond credit for is he does use the watch with the laser watch. He uses that gadget to get out of the train. Yep. before. So, like, points for him on that. Um, Pretty and lame I, gadget, in my opinion, though. Well, yeah, but I like the watch things. Give me give me a neat watch. It, it makes it, sense. Utilitarian. It's not the lamest one, though. The belt thing is the lamest. Oh, yes, the belt. The, um, the, ba- the Batman belt or whatever yes, it is. Yes, the belt. Um, 
I will say the I guess the one funny line is also during that Q scene where when he's showing the pen, and then Q like blows it up, and then Q's like, "Don't say it," and then Bond is like, "The writing's on the wall." <laughs> so maybe my dislike of Q in the previous movies had to do with the actors because I thought that Q and Brosnan had really good chemistry in this. Yeah. Uh, and, and he's not you just show up Q for your five minutes. Show us I, some fun gadgets. I enjoyed, I enjoyed the Q segment in this. So maybe it was just maybe the actors before, maybe I didn't think they clicked with them, but I enjoyed this segment. I also um, like the guy who got trapped in the phone booth by the airbag. Yes. <laughs> it was like yes. a, it was like a Zucker brothers gag got popped in there. Yes, I enjoyed that as well. All that said, I'm only giving him a two, and I'll tell you why. You don't get high marks for deception when once, as we said this before, you drive a tank through St. Petersburg. Yeah. <laughs> what was he supposed to do? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not the spy, but that's not a deceptive way to and, get out. But it doesn't. It's, you don't have to always be deceptive. Well, he's a spy. So but, I, I mean, like, like so how many spies another, you read other, about other, in the other, paper? Other bonds have ju- used like ski cars. Yeah, it's yeah, not as big and stuff. I, I, I do in the agree, wilderness. I, I do agree with Rob on this, even though I I love the tank sequence. Not the best undercover work. <laughs> All right. I mean, you know, this is one, you, we're going to differ. One thing, one thing, one thing I want to, one more thing I want to comment on the tank scene. I thought it was super funny that he lands into a parking lot full of tanks and there's this big, uh, they're drawing tension about what's he going to do. And they show a close up of a tank. <laughs> it's like, oh, a tank. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, they could have made that more of a surprise, but yeah. He's, it's like he got there's like 20 tanks and you know, it's really obvious right away it's like oh he's gonna take one of those tanks but then they try to play it up like there's shots of him looking around and then reaction shots it's like wait a minute tanks that's it <laughs> um so joe what do we got for our scores on this yeah how's so- he doing 19 out of 25 for me that makes him the second ranked bond after timothy dalton um for you, you had him at 16 out of 25. Uh, so I guess we'd say he's in third for you because you have a, fir- a tie for first. Oh, wow. So you have a tie for first at 18 with Sean Connery and Dalton. Okay. And then now this is a tie for what I guess would be third with Lazenby with th- and Pierce Brosnan at 16. Okay. Oh, interesting. Wow. I'm really surprised Dalton has done as well as he has for me, but um, science. Yep. And then Duff has him at a 20 out of 25, making him his highest rated bond, just edging out Dalton by one. So I'm I'm not surprised by that. And I I do think that the bond, you know, your first bond always rates pretty highly. Oh, um, so I know we've sort of talked about uh, Duff. You said something about how a lot has changed from like, you know, the last movie that came out, even though it was like six years it's still like a big change. Um, one of the things I read is, you know, we've talked about action movies and I think there's a lot of interesting things that happen in action movies between this and the last one we talked about, uh, living daylights in 87. It's once again, it's, you know, it's only six years, but when living daylights came out in 89, that was kind of 87, sorry, 87. That was peak like Arnold Stallone eighties action. Mm hmm. And by 1995, 
Schwarzenegger is still a draw, but those types of guys were already kind of like trailing off. Mm-hmm. Like you were already getting into, we talk about like cyber hacking and whatnot. And there was, but like, it's more like Keanu Reeves is kind of becoming the action star at this point. And you had some really weird, like the mid nineties, like there was some weird action stuff going on. It was like, like rush hour. Like you would have like buddy cop stuff and just kind of more bizarre. Like it was already getting away from that huge muscle bound He-Man stuff of the eighties. It's funny that I feel like this bond is kind is trying to straddle both those worlds in a way. I think that's a great point. I think 95 we're sort of at this like in between time in in um action films and, and I guess the ones I'm thinking about would be 92 or 91 is Terminator 2, right? And then that's probably like the last really big one from like the 80 stars. Um and then I think until 99 with the Matrix, which sort of like, you know, kind of relaunches how action films look and feel. You kind of have this weird time in the 90s where like speed, I guess, you know, you mentioned Counter Reeves, but it's a strange time in action films. It's sort of like this in-between era, like you said, Duff. Yeah. It's interesting. I find it. I find this era fascinating because you still have like on one hand, you know, if you look at 93, you have something like Demolition Man, right, which is sort of more of your classic or cliffhanger or even last action hero. But then you also have kind of the other way you've got the fugitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is more of like your, you know, more of a common man thinking man, thriller action film versus kind of the over the top muscle bound, uh, action movies. And then the, the really wild thing is in the late nineties, you also had the return of you had the Michael Bay, uh, era and that you'd like the rock, and Armageddon, and then into Pearl Harbor. Uh, you mentioned Jackie Chan already, but you you have a lot of other other people from Hong Kong coming in too, with John Woo mm-hmm. uh, entering yeah. the fray. So Hollywood is looking overseas. I mean, they even let John Woo do a Mission Impossible movie. Mm-hmm. And I mean, John John Woo like is an absolute king, and probably made maybe one or two of my favorite '90s action movies. But you see that it, you could tell that Hollywood knows that a lot of their big bankable stars are starting to age out. Yeah. Arnold can still, I mean, you mentioned last action hero, which didn't go well at all, but, and they're, they're all still doing big movies, but it, you could tell maybe some of this might be hindsight, but you can tell that they're running out of steam. Yeah. And they're looking so they're still able to make big action movies, but they're not at quite as star driven as they used to be. And, and, it, and part of it is that part of it might be just audiences just could have burnout from it, too, because you've had like, you know, seven or eight years of it being pushed pretty hard is like, see the new, you know, this new action film from this guy. But yeah, Speak 95, yourself, like, I would have taken more Arnold. Yeah. That, you know, even if you look at 95, which is the year this came out, you have GoldenEye. Right. Do you think of some of the action movies and how different they are? GoldenEye, you have Mortal Kombat, you have Desperado, you've got Batman Forever, Quick and the Dead. Um, Heat and Waterworld, if you want to go that way. Uh, Braveheart, which is like more of an historical drama, but kind of an action movie. Like you kind of have, it's just Hollywood it doesn't quite all know over what to the do. Place. Yeah, they have not figured out the new template yet. And, and I think to Joe's point, they're bringing in talent from other countries with, um, you know, with uh, Hong Kong cinema, but also like with Desperado, some uh, Mexican cinema as well coming in. Hollywood 
as usual, just did not know what to do. They tried to make John Travolta an action star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Swordfish. All right, we mentioned that's our. We mentioned I mean, Swordfish, right? But Broken Arrow is another one. Yeah. That's a John Woo movie too. I, I mean, look, yeah. Face Off is great, but it's not because John Travolta is an action star. He's awful in that. Uh, but uh, <laughs> although when he starts acting like Nick, no, I, I'm going to take it back. When John Travolta is playing John Travolta in that movie, he's terrible. But when he's playing Nicolas Cage, it becomes pretty fun. God, I love yeah. that I, movie. I would agree with that. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think, um, you know, it's it's just interesting. In a weird way, I think Goldeneye ends up being closer to what action films look like later um, more than you would think. Duff, I, 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 and you, Joe, I have to assume you guys have takes on the music of Goldeneye. Oh, Terrible. boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> It is bad. It, and also, this is on Duff again. Who, or no, which one of you would made fun of the composer? John uh, Barry. Yeah, I, John Barry. Look, I, I would st- kill to have him back for this one. I, I, yes, I, I still stand by John. John Barry needed to go, but this this is a step down, no question. I don't know how they wound up with Eric Sarah, but he did the music for this, and he he was best known. For working for working with Luke Basson. yeah, he another, okay. guy, another uh, international yeah. guy they brought in in the nineties to try to yeah. So he That's a good point. he did uh, like he did professional Fifth Element, La Femme Nikita, um, and so from the <laughs> the world's most visited unofficial James Bond 007 website. Wow, it has <laughs> to be true. But uh, it it didn't have citations like Wikipedia, but all this sounds like I could check out. So canon uh he says uh john barry turned down an offer to return he said they thought the 80s uh the 80s bond movies had become imitations and were too formulaic <laughs> uh, uh, yeah that didn't <clears throat> happen until the 80s yeah <laughs> so but it's interesting um there was one segment in this movie where i where it seemed like the music all of a sudden it wasn't i mean it was pretty easy it's during the tank sequence where it's just kind of the classic bond theme mm-hmm. and they brought someone in because they realized the music sucked so much they're like listen just pump in the classic bond movie music <laughs> it wasn't even the same it wasn't eric sarah um they just brought someone's like we need some music to pump up the crowd while he's driving this tank around and from what i read it seemed like just no one could even work with sarah like he just wouldn't cooperate with anybody just yeah it, it just seemed like he was actively trying to do a bad job and he well, succeeded and also this is the first bond movie we've watched and the first one and i think it's the only one the only one certainly i can think of where they don't use the the music from the song as a motif yeah yeah be, uh, that was where I, what i read uh like because they could bono and the edge couldn't like find him yeah like he, um, they wouldn't cooperate with anybody else he's not returning calls from bono in 1994 or whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> um oh hey uh the the biggest rock stars in the world want to talk to you i'm busy oh hey this is the edge um if you could just call us back i don't think we've mentioned that the title song by tina turner which is fine it's Mm. it's serviceable it's not it's not memorable you don't remember it no one really cares it's it's it is what it is but it was interesting that bono and in and the edge wrote it that sounds and it sounds like if if i hadn't known that ahead of time i don't see any of them in that song 
which I don't know yeah. if, if that's not necessarily a bad thing, I guess, that they're doing something different, but yeah. it was so weird. The only real thing about that is if you're a bar trivia and it's like, who wrote the, the theme for Goldeneye? It was Bono and the Edge. Yep, you got that. <laughs> yeah, the music in this is very atrocious. It, the one thing I'll like, and it's only because it's built into my brain, is there's a mechanical clink song that sometimes plays. Oh, in and the it sounds like Terminator 2. Well, it reminds me of the video game or anything else. And I remember that sound on the, like, you know, so I agree the score is bad, but there's like nostalgia things that hit me when certain cues are yeah. played because it reminds me of like the GoldenEye game. Yeah, that mechanical clank reminded me of the score for Terminator 2. Yeah, that that's that works too. But yeah, so like that's the one thing I'm like, ooh, I like that part. And then the rest plays, and you're like, this is bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's elevator music, but I think we have to, we have to talk about the video game. Which is really probably the bigger legacy. At yeah. This point. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. I mean, a massive legacy. Um, and I, I mean, I don't think we need to go into why it was so big or how it was so important, but I'm just curious, do you guys have a GoldenEye video game story? We're all, you know, between 11 and 13 when this game comes out. So we're, you know, we're playing it. Um, like, do you have like a golden eye memory? I don't have any like specific memories, but like you mentioned this at the beginning about not looking at my screen, <laughs> just thinking back to games like this. It just makes me so grateful that we don't have to do split screen, split screen gaming anymore. Cause it did, it did really suck when other, someone else would just watch your screen the whole time and there's no and way was... to stop it. No way to stop. I mean, people used to try to putting like the cardboard. You'd cut out like some boxes, and you would try to put cardboard like on the TV over the marks. Wait, what? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, it was, it, like, that, a thing that is you a would good do. idea, but it doesn't. Yeah, no. it, it's. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I think what was so cool about it is the fact that you could play a game like this with your friend sitting on the couch, and it was like you know, like a shooter game, like. First-person shooter like that had never happened before that you could play that against each other next to your friends. Yeah. Um, And like I said, as like, you know, our age when this came out, it was just, I don't know. It was super memorable. I I, uh, skipped my Nintendo 64 was the first console I had since having a Nintendo. So I wasn't very good at it. Um, and we, I'd have friends over and we would play it and we would always take turns on who got to choose the map and the mode. And I was so bad at the game, and I'd get so tired of losing that the mode I would do is I would do uh, uh, proximity mines in facility. Uh, mm-hmm. Yep, I was that guy, and I would just God. like, I would just like hole up somewhere with a bunch of proximity in the mines. And uh, no, it's over by the tanks because the bathroom you come in through the vent. <laughs> there was yeah. over where there was a bunch of like uh I think it's in the movie where they where um uh Bond like hides behind the little tank and pushes it. I think it's where Alec gets shot. It's in there. There's only one way into it and I would just sit back there with the proximity mines and wait. I remember wasn't there like a lasers only mode too and Yeah. And yep. no no odd job was a rule you could set to cuz Oh yeah, sh- you can't shorter. be old. can't yeah. be odd job. Yep. Yeah. Uh and golden gun. It, he was half as tall. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Duff, do you have any do you have any Goldeneye memories? Uh nothing that really stands out. It was just it was such a constant at sleepovers mm-hmm. from that era and even like into high school. And one thing I, God, I just remember like 
this is in the 90s where it's all tube TVs and just think of you had up to four people on a TV and what's the average size of a TV in a suburban or I would say at this point you're talking like 27 inches at, at like at, the biggest yeah if you had a 27 inch TV that was you were living large and just now like TVs are so cheap and everyone has at least like a 30 some for their bedroom or something like that and yeah. it's just thinking about like just you had probably like an average of 20 inch TV and just divided in half and then earned a quarters. Mm-hmm. And it's just, God, it seems prehistoric. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, I never want to go back to it. I never want to go back to it, but I'm so happy that I got to experience that when I was that age. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, just such a fun thing. Um, do you guys have anything else you want to talk about golden eye or Pierce Brosnan? Did you guys uh, catch mini driver? Yes, oh. Molly noticed that. Isn't yeah, that, Mini isn't, Driver. Isn't that a? And this is before she was really famous in America. At least this is pre Goodwill Hunting. This is this is her just needing money. It's yeah. It's a. There's a scene in the very probably the first third where uh, Bond goes to visit the guy who plays Hagrid in the, in the Harry Potter movies. I always forget his name. Um, and his girl. For some reason, there's. It's a pretty funny bit. I thought there are his this like russian mobster or whatever his girlfriend is on stage just butchering and stand by your man mm-hmm. and it's mini driver huh. mm-hmm. and she's in the movie for maybe 20 seconds yeah pretty wild yeah molly um my wife has like a special ability of like noticing who an actor or actress is and i don't understand how she can do it but like she was like i think that's mini driver i was like, like what it's such a bit part and she doesn't even get credited she's deep in the credits at the end yeah she's in the credits but yeah it's it and it's weird because it's right before stardom yeah it's just one or two years before goodwill hunting yeah so um if you uh if you're just tuning in here we have a whole season on this talking about all the different bonds um we have a patreon episode on moonraker and then next week we're talking about casino royale the 2006 Daniel Craig, the good Casino Royale. And uh, I'm excited to jump into that and just kind of feel, see what happens to my feelings on it now that I have yeah. more Bond knowledge than I did before. <laughs> <laughs>